In this week's episode of the Cross Yas podcast, I conclude my talk with Gabrielle Hermosa. She spoke about different topics with the first two parts, but we finally come to an end with her talking more about transgender issues, her current sex life, and what her ideal world with gender would look like. She remains a great resource for crossdressers and transgender people to learn from, and with this episode, you'll have learned a lot about her experiences as a transgender woman. All of this, and a yas of the week that includes Beyonce and her release of Homecoming on Netflix. This is episode 16. Y'all ready to get down? Welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast, the podcast that says yas to everything related to cross-dressing and gender. I'm your seductive host, Giselle Marisol. Show me some love on Instagram at Giselle Marisol and discover the podcast there as well at Cross Yas Podcast. I'm addicted to social media, so go to Facebook and Twitter and hit the podcast up at Cross Yas. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. If you have questions or you want to contact the podcast to share your story or feedback for the podcast, well, we got the email. Send your lovely emails to crossyaspodcast at gmail.com. That's C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S podcast at gmail.com. Music festival season kicked off this past weekend here in the United States, with Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival happening here in California, celebrating its 20th anniversary here in the little desert town of Indio. Coachella's been around since 1999, but I finally attended my first one last year. I gotta tell you guys, I had a blast. I dressed as Giselle all three days in my red dress, my killer beige jumpsuit, and my little floral romper, and I received a lot of compliments for my outfits. I'd love to do that again, but man, the heat in Indio can hit up to like 105 to 108 degrees Fahrenheit, even in the spring. Plus, there's so much dust out there. Ugh. Couldn't breathe much, even with my handkerchief I wore around my mouth, helping filter out the desert dirt, and I'm pretty sure I coughed up a lung when I was there. So, I'll have to really think about doing that music festival again, unless there's like a music act worth seeing. And last year was totally worth it. Which brings me to the... Yes! Of the week! The headliner of Coachella last year was Beyonce Knowles, which she made history being the first black woman headliner of the festival. A headliner is a person or act that draws the biggest crowd and really puts your festival on the map. And people came in droves to see Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce. See, she's famous on a first name basis. Beyonce was actually scheduled to perform at Coachella the year prior in 2017, but because she was pregnant, with twins no less, she had to postpone and Lady Gaga instead took her place. So, Beyonce returned in 2018 to Coachella, and boy, did she not disappoint. Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter, for those unfamiliar with who she is, and yes, her middle name is Giselle, because all the bad bitches have Giselle in their name. <laughs> Duh. The bad girls always well, Beyonce is a U.S. solo musical artist from the city of Houston, Texas, who has huge radio hits like Single Ladies, Crazy in Love. I remember first hearing about Beyonce in the early 2000s when she was part of the musical group Destiny's Child, who you may also know their hits such as Say My Name. Shame. 
Independent women. And one of my favorite songs, a cover of the Bee Gees' Emotion. I always had a huge crush on Beyonce growing up and was enamored by her voice. Cause the girl can sing. She can act too. I remember when she and Destiny's Child had a cameo on a short-lived 1998 sitcom Smart Guy and she portrayed the love interest of one of the main characters. It's a crazy way to live. Hey, I guess I thought being a pop star was just all limousines and parties and sitting on the couch with Jay Leno. Yeah, it is, but sometimes I wish I was chilling out on a couch with my friends back in Texas. Well, well look, you know, you can always quit and come live here and be my girlfriend. You know? Thank you, but I really do love my music. Yeah, yeah. It does give you creative satisfaction. <laughs> Not to mention a Mercedes convertible in a three-bedroom house for my cat. But she made her breakout acting gig when she was in the 2002 movie Austin Powers Goldmember as a sultry Foxy Cleopatra in this funny scene that I remember from the movie. So you've decided to join us, huh, Mini-Me? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the good side, my mini-brother. And thank you for the map for Dr. Evil's son. What's this? It says, Dr. Evil's tractor beam is now complete. There's not much time. Dr. Evil must pay. You are so beautiful. Oh. Are you a clone of an angel? <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> well, no, my mini-man, I'm not. Are you sure you don't have a little clone in you? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Would you like to? <laughs> Horny bugger. <laughs> that is so not funny. I followed her career for a while. So when I heard she was going to be at Coachella last year, you know I had to be there. And her performance at Coachella was spectacular. According to The New Yorker, Beyonce's entire performance at Coachella pays tribute to HBCU, or historically black colleges and universities, and even black feminism. The performance features a huge drumline and even majorette dancers who are baton twirlers typically associated with marching bands and parades. I remember everyone talking about her performance last year and it was so great that in fact Beyonce released a Netflix special this week called Homecoming showcasing her entire 2018 performance at the Coachella Music Valley and Arts Festival with some behind the scenes footage. Hell, she even brings back Destiny's Child for a mini reunion. <sighs> it's amazing guys, and I can say I was there. Beyonce is a great role model for young girls and even has a song called Who Runs the World. I love when women can just rock it and bring some nice artistic creativity to the table. 
So my yas of the week goes to Beyonce and her new Netflix special called Homecoming because there's no one better than Beyonce because she's... And that was the... Yes! Of the week! So this week, we end our talks with Gabby Hermosa. She's got a lot to say, but this week she talks sex, loneliness, and where she goes from here. You're going to enjoy the end of my talks with Gabrielle Hermosa. Trust me, you will. So let's get to it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. You know, I'm getting, sorry if I'm getting a little preachy here. No, please, preach away, girl. <laughs> so I tried to, yeah, I tried to bring these things up. Didn't go over too well. You know, they, they kind of got what I was saying here at this at this one place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, a, the thing that I liked about it, it's a good, it's a, it's, a, it's a relevant discussion. Why is it relevant? Because people think that. That's why it's relevant. Yeah. If, yeah. if people think that, we need to have that discussion. That, you know, another common discussion that, I don't think it's really come up. It's come up after I've done talks, but it's never come up during a talk where, you know, the whole do transgender women have an advantage uh, because of the testosterone or something over playing in women's sports. Do transgender women have an advantage over cisgender women? And a lot of trans people, I know they get really offended about, I can say, well, let's measure hormones because generally speaking, not all the time, not all trans women want it. Not all trans women can afford it. Generally speaking, transgender women will be on estrogen and either testosterone blockers, or if you've had, uh, you know, depending on what surgeries you've had, you might not need testosterone blockers. So your testosterone levels are going to be reduced and more comparable to that of a cisgender woman. And so does that make a difference? You know, what if a, a transgender woman beats a cisgender woman in a sport, you know, tennis or something? Is it, does it, is it because she had that testosterone advantage? Or is it simply everyone's genetics are different. You know, I, I'm reminded of a, a girl in, in grade school when we had co-ed uh, gym classes and uh, what's it called? Floor hockey. There was a big girl, you know, not fat, just bigger girl. And she was on my team and we were getting our butts kicked. And I said, you know, you're bigger than a lot of these guys. Remind them of that when you're playing. And Ooh. she did. And <laughs> we got a lot better really quick. And she's the same age. Okay. We had like jocks, sports, super in shape guys. And they were getting smacked around and body checked by this woman because she was bigger than they were physically and stronger. And she started using it and it worked. Hmm. And so like way back in the eighties, no one was going to raise a stink about the integrate. Sure. It's just gym class. It's not like it's an actual after school sport or whatever that might've made parents upset. But so is that, you know, is that relevant or not relevant? There's a lot of factors here, but people keep talking about it and bringing it up to which I say, good, let's keep having the discussion and keep having that discussion until we've come up with something that makes everybody, you know, that gives everybody something that we can look at and measure this with. If it needs to be measured, let's figure that out. How do we measure it? Let's work that out and let's get through it. And I I heard one remedy of that is, um, 
one way to fix that is have you have men's like track and field, women's track and field, and then just have a third one and just have anyone who wants to compete can compete in that. And then that would solve your problem. And I was like, yeah, it kind of worked. It makes sense because you wouldn't have to worry about hormones and such. It's just everyone on an even playing field. If you want to play in that separate third non-gender, non-sexual playing field. I don't know. Makes sense. I mean, my only concern with that would be is would people then start calling it the the transgender league or something like that or the you know another way in in some way shape or form would that become the quote unquote others yeah you know that's not for the regular people that's for the right. others you know like when they were thinking about in some places having a third bathroom for transgender people yeah you know to yeah. segregate us like well instead of using the ladies room or the men's room let's have the trans bathroom there you go like great thanks for segregating us you know yeah, right. fountains too while you're at it but when you do things like that, there's the potential for that. I mean, if something like that could be done where it wasn't about gender or anything, simply yeah. like, okay, let's make it about boxing for a minute. You have the heavyweight, lightweight. So let's say you have another boxing league where it's anyweight. You can be heavyweight going against the lightweight and vice versa. And I'll, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because there's no stigma attached to any of those things. Right, right. But when, there's, when there is a stigma, and let's face it, there's a big stigma uh, around being a transgender person, mostly around being a trans woman, yeah. arguably even a bigger stigma you know, for being identified as a cross-dresser because cross-dressers are breaking the rules too because aren't you supposed to be men? You're being right. girly. Yeah. Ooh, that's so bad. You're breaking the rules. You're right. not a man, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then they take your man card away from you. You know, the same card that they then force back on you when you say, you're right, I'm not really a man. I'm a trans woman. It's like, no, you're only ever going to be a man. Right. Make up yeah. your mind. So, <laughs> boy, I'm all over the place. Anyways, those are, you know, I, I even had a guy once, he got really upset when I jokingly referred to my Adam's apple as an Eve's apple. I think I also mentioned something else about someone in my family in a religious context, not in a derogatory way, but it was definitely sure. offensive to him. And he started spouting off things in the Bible and oh, people great. were telling him to shut up. And yeah, and he was a nursing student too. So, oh, <laughs> anywho, nice. yeah, yeah. Lovely. I love when yeah, just I hear my throat again. out there. <laughs> well, the good news is that one place is the only place I ever heard. You know, that, well, I was getting at, he spouted off. I told people to please be quiet and respect him sharing his opinion. Yeah, let's, sure. Sure. let's listen to everybody. We, we all show each other respect and let's not mm -hmm. judge. And uh, this is important because this is, excuse me, it's an important discussion to have because it's important to him. And we all need to be yeah. free to, to have these discussions without the judgment. If there's judgment, then important discussions fail to take place and we all lose out. Yeah. The problem I had there is I, because to people like that, I'm not perceived as a woman or a transgender woman, I'm often just perceived as a man. Mm -hmm. And arguably a macho kind of guy that he seemed to be and as offended as he was. And people get really, if you say the wrong thing that, that people feel is an attack against their religious practices or beliefs, they can get very feel feel that you've attacked or uh, what's it called, like done something so sacrilege. I don't know what the words to say. I'm sorry, losing my words here. Done something to offend their their beliefs that they have a, a profound, they hold a profound meaning in their lives. Right, right, right. So he was very offended. Again, looking at me, treating me more like I was a man in makeup than a woman. And I think we all know that men probably don't have any hangups about hitting another man might not hit a woman, but right. probably, you know, and, and there was a time there that I was literally concerned. I was very worried that I'm like, he's going to stand up and take a swing at me. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and at the same time, I'm like, I, I can't let anyone know that I'm experiencing fear in this moment. My job at that moment in time is to keep everyone calm, let them know it's okay to have this discussion and to not show the fear that was starting to really get into me. And unfortunately, I was like one of the times I forgot to bring, I, I record my, my talks wherever it's not prohibited. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten to bring my camera with me that time. I did two talks mm-hmm. there and I forgot to bring it back with me during the second one. Because I'm curious, like, did I look scared? Or did I, because I was trying to look calm and remain calm and model the kind of behavior that I wanted him to show and everyone else to show, which is calm, collected, adult, let's have a sensible conversation here. But yeah, he was really, and I was, I remember thinking like, that was the only time ever during the speaking gig that I felt I was in danger and it didn't happen. And I, I wanted to ask him afterwards, like, could I have chosen my words differently that maybe you felt would have been more appropriate, but he, he was out of there so quick when it was done. I yeah, did not get a chance to, yeah, he, he was, he bolted and I, I get it. Yeah. So those things happen. People have those views. And to me, it's like, you know what, bring them up to me. You know why? Cause like I can take it. I'm not going to go to bed with that on my mind. It's not going to make me worried like, Oh my God, the whole world's against me. And I actually <laughs> take, I take flack from transgender people because I, I remind them when, when they're saying, you know, it's, Everything would be fine except for the cisgender people giving us sort of like, yeah, let's let's demonize <laughs> all cisgender people because they're all big fat jerky make jerk faces. <laughs> this is and my I, I'm so glad you're not on social media as much because if you're on Facebook now, you're right. It, like you're saying earlier, people just vent and they just want to talk about, yep. oh, well, this person offended me or said this one thing. And then you've been around, like you said, you are born in the 70s. You know, when people had thicker skin, even when I was around, like in the 90s, people had like shows and TV shows would clearly say things that were not appropriate today, clearly by any means, when you would say, you know, how they were, there was transphobic things, there were gay issues that they would say that would be offensive today, but people could hear it out at least and then form an opinion. But now people form an opinion so quickly, they don't hear anything out and it just becomes, it's an well, it's also, Yeah, It was a different time back then. I'm not saying it was right, but when, mm-hmm. when things like that are culturally acceptable is as messed up as they are. The thing is certain things may be felt as undesirable at the same time, not threatening. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay. So mm-hmm. the misogyny that was very, rampant in the 70s, 80s. Um, and I know there's still plenty of misogyny out there today. What I'm saying is if you're alive in the 70s, there was a lot more of it. It was very open. Um, yeah. But because it was the quote-unquote cultural norm, shows of misogyny, I don't mean TV shows, like when someone is displaying misogynistic behaviors, because it was so culturally accepted, it was less often seen and felt as this big insulting offensive thing it was never desired or or liked by by women but Mm -hmm. it wasn't seen as an open threat and and yes because misogyny was more quote-unquote culturally acceptable back then there were more men treating women poorly physically more of that was going on well i don't know the statistics i shouldn't say that i gotta choose my words better what i'm saying is that's a thing still today that people can be abusive to others and that was a thing back in the 70s the point i wanted to get at is when the culture is in support of a poor behavior, that poor behavior is not felt or seen as, as offensive. It's really hard to explain. I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense. Kind of, kind of, okay. We're, we're smarter today. You know, we're more aware. We're smarter. We know that certain behaviors are BS and we call people on it. 
And I think because there's that awareness and because there's all this history of the stupid behavior and misogyny and, and racism and all the other, the rigid social construct of like what a man has to be and what a woman has to be. And the fact that there's no, you're either a man or a woman, there is no nothing else. Let's exclude non-binary people altogether. All these cultural norm, quote unquote norms, you know, we have education now that wasn't available then. And there's more people who are aware and more people who are saying, you know what, enough of that. We know better. Let's stop trying to keep, let's try, stop trying to roll back the clock. Let's go on witch hunts again, burn women at the stake, like was yeah. done for many years. And tens of thousands of women died accused of being witches in, in Europe and, you know, here in America in the uh, of the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was something one of your previous guests talked about I wanted to touch on too. Um, oh, come on. I got to pull it back. It was really good. Um, was it the right, was it uh-huh. Noah Green? Was it the? Cro- I've only had three guests so far, and you're you'll probably be yeah. Your, your girlfriend, your the the crossdresser whose name I forget, but to me it sounded like they were. I'm going to use gender neutral. Like they sounded like they were a little confused themselves as to where they fell. In other words, yeah. I think they're still peeling back the layers of their onion. Yeah, and he's um, only and or she or perhaps, he. Or he she's only like that's the thing. I, I don't remember pronouns being expressed at the time. I tend to refer right, to people. Right instinctively as whatever gender i think they're presenting as but then again that can get you in trouble too because yeah. it's always best to ask if you don't know well, that's the thing. And I'm, like, i talk about in another episode how easily offended people get even like i said if you say she or he it's like well i'm not this i'm not that and then they've like with social media on the rise you can just clearly say it on facebook and people will sort of just like a social crowding or anger this mob and- well that, that that's a thing you know and people have good intention when when they mob that that i think it's genuinely done with good intent unless it's you know like racial mobbing like let's let's yeah. gang up on the insert race of undesirability right, you know right. and that's that's different but i think what people are trying to do is noble in in intent and really really terrible in practice in the way it's executed um i was i still very high i'm hypersensitive hyperreactive it's actually a recognized medical condition now it's physical emotional it runs the whole gambit um I've always been that way. So when I tell, I got a thick skin now, like when people say rude things, I don't care. So what? It's because of the experiences I had in life. Because in 2012, I, I had that initial awakening. You know, I don't consider myself awakened. I consider myself awakening still. Mm-hmm. My long-winded way of saying, I know what, what I am. I know who I am. I know I define who I am. That other people who judge me, they don't get to define who I am. Their judgment of me Let's me know where they are, you know, how they are, who they are as a person, where they're at in their life. Because I know these things and believe them and I truly understand them very well, you know, good luck getting under my skin. You know, I'm not challenging right. people to try harder to get under yeah. my skin. What yeah. I'm saying right. is when you know how that, that little um, trick works, the uh, smoke and mirrors, like when someone puts you down and you feel offended, you feel like someone's just done this terrible thing and attacked you. That is the fight or flight response. But when you know the psychology lying under it, doesn't mean it feels, doesn't mean like I like when people put me down or say rude things or stare or whatever. I don't like mm-hmm. those things. It means that I don't care. It's like, I, so it's an unpleasant thing. And you know what else is unpleasant is when you get stuck at a stoplight, big deal. Right. Um, or if someone cuts you off in traffic, that's, you know, nobody likes that. A lot of people lay on the horn, middle finger, you know, whatever, road rage. But is that a thing that most people, you know, then, then they got to go on social media and say, all drivers everywhere are jerks, yeah. drivers suck. <laughs> yeah. And some people do that. But we're going through a lot of growing pains, socially, culturally, and we're not 
where we need to be. I think things are slowly getting there. And let's keep talking, but let's also be open-minded to those with differing opinions, even when you know those differing opinions are based on fallacies. At least let them talk, let them share. You know, when I, I did the walk and talk videos, I don't know if you watched them, it doesn't really matter to this conversation. It's doing walk and talk videos, just a video of me talking about something transgender related, trying to hopefully, you know, share information, uh, enlighten people as to how things work from a, from a very honest, open and personal perspective from real life experiences. And, um, you know, remove the, the fear, replace that with knowledge. And I did one of these, it was transgender, what is it called? Walk and talk number five, where I talked about passing and Caitlyn Jenner, her remarks about passing. Uh, she remarked at one point in 2015, if you look like a man in a dress, it makes people uncomfortable. A lot of transgender women jumped on her and demonized her. And I'm not a Caitlyn Jenner apologist or anything. I, I admire what she's trying to do. And I, I truly believe her heart's in the right place. And I think she has a lot to learn about effective transgender advocacy, or at least she did then. I don't know if she's better at it now. Don't haven't been following up. I have, I have not been keeping up with the Kardashians or whatever. <laughs> I guess she's not a Kardashian. She's a, a Jenner, but I digress. Squirrel. So my point being is she took a lot of flack from transgender people. And I'm like, Let's, let's pull this apart and take a look at it because what she said was true. It's just that it offended a lot of people because that, that's, a, that's a reality. When people perceive you as a man in a dress, that can make some people uncomfortable. And they're not trying to be jerks. It's something that they're not used to. It's something they're not accustomed to. And people, again, people fear what they don't understand, especially when there's all those myths, myths and misconceptions out there. Right. And so when she spoke this truth, maybe she could have you know, chosen her words a little better, but she spoke a truth and everyone jumped on her about it as if she was the one classifying, you know, as if she's trying to, to dictate to the world, oh, if you look like a man in a dress, it makes people uncomfortable. So don't look like a man in a dress. That's not what she was trying to say. I don't even know if that's what people thought she was saying. It's just mm -hmm. everyone mobbed her, jumped on her about that. And this is my long-winded way of saying I did a walk and talk video about that and talked about it. I took some flack from from trans people, which it's always the case. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not super popular among other transgender people because I call people on their, on their, on the crap. I do. And it's not a trans thing. It's a, when, when I think someone's, um, framing something wrong and caught up in their own mental trappings, I'm going to call them on it. And I very much appreciate when people call me on mine. I'm actually one of those weirdos. I like construct, uh, constructive is the operative word here. I like constructive criticism. If someone thinks that I could choose my words better, please tell me, enlighten me, make me smarter, because then I will feel smarter and grateful for it. But anyways, I get jumped on because I call people on this stuff. So I guess mm -hmm. I'm jerky McJerk face sometimes. But the other thing is, it got really, for whatever reason, it took off on Facebook, and I was getting thousands of hits a day. And it was being included in the newsfeed of people who are you know, what do you call it? Conservatives, like right wing conservatives, you know, Republican mindset. And I was getting some pushback and people were, were chiming in and saying things like, oh God, I got to think back now. This is all in the comments to the video that, well, anyways, people were, I don't remember the specifics, my apologies, but they were saying some rude things to me and I met them with kindness and like, let's have a discussion about this. Mm -hmm. And by the end, I don't think that I truly opened minds in terms of now they're cool with transgender people and they're they're they've seen their you know that they were looking at things incorrectly and falling into the trappings of you know the the myths and misconceptions and now they're all better i don't think that that's what took place what i do know that took place is people were saying very mean and rude things to me in some of the comments and i made it a 
a point. I'm, I'm going to answer all of these comments that I think are answerable. Like when some people just were like posting things there wasn't really a response to or anything. So not, no conversation there. But anyone that I can respond to, there, there's conversation. I'm going to do that. And that includes the people who are basically attacking me. And I met them with kindness, thoughtfulness, and I wanted to engage them in a discussion. And by the end, I was getting respect from these people. And they went from accusing me of this, that, and the other thing to saying, well, I respect what you're saying. And at least you're not like those other liberals who are total, I'm, I'm don't remember the specific words, but like, these are not like those other liberals who are total, you know, whatever, and blah, 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 that's negative. And that was their, you know, it might still sound like maybe they're still being negative to me, but I took that as their way of saying, you've kind of changed the way I think, at least about you. And I respect you, even if I, I don't understand you, and I don't agree with you, I, you now have my respect. And to me, that that meant a lot to me that I, I was able to do that. I see a lot, you know, when you're transgender and openly and public speaker, like my, my Facebook newsfeed tends to be a lot of everything transgender and politically motivated, you know, a lot of political stuff, especially after the 2016 election. That's, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of my whole newsfeed turned into politics, political everything. <laughs> and I had to like stop following a zillion of my friends. And I miss all the, the happy days of selfies and people right? sharing yeah. and celebrating and enjoying their life. This is what I'm eating today. Or this is like, yeah, and now, what like, the hell? That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was a fun distraction of my day, right? Now uh, it's like, now look what the, what, the, what the federal government is. Now look at all these new like, ways. Oh my the God, for real. is going to screw us. Seriously? Yeah, now look at all these new ways. And now look at all these new ways. Now look at some of these old ways that we've already talked about. We're going to talk about right. again, damn it. Oh my God. Doom and doom and fear. And like, yeah, and you know why you're afraid to leave your house? Because you believe this echo chamber of your own creation. Yep. Because... You know what I see out and about? Sure, I get stared at, and every once in a while, someone will say something rude, but no one's ever given me a hard time. It just doesn't happen. People stare and whatever, so there's that. And people are like 99.9% .9 of the time very friendly and polite and nice yeah. to me. Like I yeah. said, I'm the weird who walks up to strangers and introduces myself. I made <laughs> a lot of Facebook friends that way, too, that, that you know become friends on Facebook and everything. Point being is the world's not gloom and doom, and I call people on that. And and when when people were attacking me be, with their politically motivated arguments that you know the the political party that they feel is a reflection of their ideals, you know that's why they're attacking me. Is it's not like they knew anything real about me or people like me. They've been fed a bunch of crap by their political leaders. You know and what happens when you have a leader in a place, you know, a person in a place of uh, power or yeah, just a leadership role. And what if they're spewing out hatred yeah. toward any particular group of people? So now you have a leader that you look yeah. up to and believe yeah. in and, and, and voted for and want to think of you as a good person because you voted for the right people. You don't want to think that you voted for someone who's doing harm or something bad that causes right. cognitive dissonance, you know, and people do anything to avoid cognitive dissonance. So then you get on board with all the negative crap that's flowing around because that keeps you in with the, with the group of people that you identify with that allows you to stay yeah. part of that tribe. Indeed. Ugh. So I'm all over the place. Sorry. <laughs> I, I wanted to like, crap, where do I go from here? Um, so like, I, well, I guess I'm sorry, or you're welcome. If you're going to spend the next 12 hours editing. No, no, I still, have, <laughs> I still love, I, honestly, this has been super like refreshing. I love listening and like learning. Like that's the key with me. Uh, whoever comes on the podcast and they want to talk about stuff, I'm like, yes, please talk. Like, what can we ask? And how can you um, add to this? And the other question I want to get to, so I know that you're now um, 
I said you're going through a divorce. Um, are you actively seeking relationships? Are you trying to date? I was going to ask about like, are you romantically interested with other people? And if you want to divulge your sexual kinks, because I'm going to do that in a future episode and it's going to be wild. But if you would like to talk about any of that, please feel free to. Yeah, so trying to date as a 48-year-old, you know, middle-aged transgender woman who's pre-op, who's, you know, I still experience a good deal of gender dysphoria i'm mm -hmm. very insecure meaning like what happens if you know and i'm i'm transgender lesbian so let's break this down i'm old and by the way when i say that i don't mean i'm old as in old as a pejorative old <laughs> is a pejorative to many people it's not to me i think i already said i'm having a deja vu i think i already said this um i'm not young i'm, I'm you know people can say well you're not old you're you're 48 years young i'm like no i'm 48 years old that's just how i'm gonna <laughs> call it and i don't like that that gets demonized it's like when someone says fat and it's negative like i have fat friends and they own it you know they're they're fat and fabulous and fat to them is a descriptor it's like saying they have right. green eyes you know they're fat like why is fat a negative why is old a negative let's let's get rid of that you know i'll take a while but i'm all for getting rid of those negative stigmas with that so first off i'm old that's going against me because it and inside i'm still young i don't want to date someone who's acting old because to me that is a bad thing like when they're just like no more life to them or whatever they're just kind of settled in and you know i don't know i don't know a really good way to frame that so i'm old i'm trans pre-op and lesbian on the lesbian dating apps if you go into the chat rooms there there's a lot of talk about lesbians complaining about men getting into the lesbian dating apps what they mean by that is not like just some guy trying to sneak in there and take a, a lesbian and turn her straight or anything like that or has his, you know, lesbian fantasies or whatever. They're genuinely, usually referring to transgender women because a lot of times we're perceived as men just trying to live out a, a lesbian fantasy. And, you know, and that's a thing that does exist too. But um, so, you know, there's, in other words, there's a little bit of, a little bit of something to that cliche is, is misguided as it is. I'm on three different dating apps now. I do want to date. I'm very lonely. I miss someone being on Team Gabby. You know, I miss my wife in, in terms of the relationship we once enjoyed. I miss that a lot. I'm, I'm lonely in that respect. I'm very comfortable being by myself and being alone, but I'm lonely. And it's not been easy for me to date. And let's say that I do, because the other thing is a lot of people will swipe right on me. I hate, okay, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos. So I will read profiles because I want to know about these people. And mm -hmm. I think they swipe right because my pictures, again, if I'm going to post a picture, especially in a dating site, it's going to be my better selfies. Like who's going to post a picture of an ugly selfie? <laughs> there's a there's a surefire way to get yourself a date. Let's, oh, I look really ugly here. This will be, sure be a date. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll have them so scared they'll just want my number. So I get, you know, the, the they swipe right and then, go silent immediately, especially if I get in a conversation with them or text them or whatever that usually cuts off abruptly. I get ghosted and I can, I, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know that it's because they then discovered that I'm transgender, but I kind of assume that like, why would something start off so promising looking only to die immediately thereafter? And I put it on all my social profiles everywhere. I'm a transgender woman. I think it's important for people to know that. I'm mm. um, not trying to fool anybody that like this is me I'm transgender be very aware that that is part of my state of being a lot of times also in the dating apps you're looking for age ranges how many people are you know unless you're I mean some do but, well how many people are looking for someone who's you know 48 to 52 or whatever you know or for you know in their 40s or older 
that's one of those age demographics that I believe is less desired or less sought after in dating apps or just dating in general. I think I'm going to have much better luck meeting up with someone randomly, which just doesn't occur a whole lot. And then I, I have, you know, I'm still doing speaking gigs. I'm out doing things, living life. I get head on all the time by men. That's the thing mm-hmm. that happens online and in person. Lots. I always get a little gross talk because sometimes they'll share that the reason they're attracted to me is because I'm transgender or as one, one guy put it, uh, referred to me as one of those special girls. So, you know, <laughs> okay. I take, I know I, yeah, I take it as a compliment. I get it. Um, I know what he's getting at. It grosses me out a little bit because then I feel like I'm being objectified and not a fetish and not a person. Ew. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I've had other trans people put me in my place when I get all bent out of shape about that because the reality is maybe they're simply attracted to the way I look. Maybe they know I'm transgender and maybe that's part of it. But then again, we've all heard of people who prefer someone who's blonde or with long hair or short hair or with tattoos right. or without or whatever. People have their ter- you know uh, body types they like, looks that they like. So maybe that's a thing, that some men are simply attracted to my, my look. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. And I can't always make the assumption that they want you know the, the trans fetishizing, objectifying of me. I don't know that. Cause I'm not a mind reader and I got to make sure that I call myself on that when my mind goes there. Anyways, I get hit on frequently by guys. Why don't I ever get hit on by, you know, lipstick, uh, lipstick lesbian. That's the, the short term that I've learned is lipstick lesbians don't refer to each other as lipstick lesbians. They tend to just say they're lipsticks like the stuff you put on your lips. So that's been shortened. I'm, I'm learning too, as I'm fumbling through this. So hmm. It's not been comfortable. I'm lonely. Also, here's a weird thing that's happened to me. Now, let's, you know, I get into sexual activity. Okay, so I started taking estrogen in uh, 2017. Changed many things, not just emotionally. And uh, I don't know if it's because of my age, because of the estrogen. I, I have no libido. Hmm. I don't have a libido. I have, I, I'm still attracted to beautiful women. I, I don't, I don't. I don't get horny anymore. It's, I don't know how to better say it. Like that's a thing that that's gone away. I can't say exactly when it happened. I will say like probably my last organic or just randomly happening desire of having that sexual pleasure was probably prior to or around the time that I started taking estrogen, but probably not after it's got in there far enough. And it's, it's well known among, well, among many trans, again, everyone's physiology is different. Some transgender women pre-op who still want to engage in sex, which involves a penis because pre-op transgender women have a penis. They've expressed to me, and I've heard it, I've seen it uh, talked about online also, that not always able to get a full erection and or not able to have an orgasm. Like that's, you know, that's gone. It's it's diminished, if that makes sense. Mm, Okay. So they're, they're horny, they desire it, but they don't get as hard as they used to and or are unable to achieve full orgasm. And so that has been kind of what's happened to me again. I don't know, maybe it's my age, maybe it would have happened naturally, maybe it's because of the hormones, um, but I, I have no libido, it's gone. And this, like if you knew me 20 years ago when I needed it all the time, like five times a day, and if I wasn't getting it, I was taking <laughs> care of it on my own. I needed it all the time. So if there's a silver lining in this, not having a libido, well, I guess that's good because I don't have anyone to share that intimacy with. Mm. So I guess that's a good time in my life for that to happen if that's going to happen. But it's also weird. Like, what if I do end up um, finding a date and things go well and 
I can probably please a woman still, but I don't feel that drive anymore. And I'd, like I'd have to say, just so you know, I don't have a sex drive right now and I'm attracted to you and I, I like you a lot and I want to please you. Please help me. You know, what can I do to make this very pleasurable for you? And it will be pleasurable for me, pleasurable for me to me, maybe in slightly different ways than what you're used to because it'll make me feel good to know that I'm um, able to engage in this intimacy with you and that you're having a good time, even if, like, my body's not doing the things that you might expect it to do, or if I'm just not organically or, or whatever, feeling horny, aroused, or anything like that. My fear is like, how do I have this conversation? And won't that just be the last conversation I had with that potential? Hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking and I'm lonely, and this is not uh, an advertisement for everyone <laughs> who says, I will cure your loneliness. Right, um, right. You know, because that's, you know, so you've got to be careful when you say you're lonely or anything like that. P people hear that and they might mean well or maybe not, just see it as an opportunity and then think, well, yeah. I'm going to do this for you. And you turn them down and then they think you're a big jerk because, well, yeah. I, I was doing, I, you should be grateful because it's not like you got any other, you know, options out there. Yeah. And shouldn't yeah. you, I was going to give you my greatness you don't even deserve, but I was going <laughs> to give that to you because I feel bad for you. Now you're going to be a jerk, so fine. You know, because some people, they cop that attitude and everything. Yeah, online they call them Ooh, the nice guys. The nice, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the ones my, that are like, my, uh, what the hell, you don't like my, like, I don't, haven't been kind to you, and this is how you treat me? And you're like, wait, what? what yeah, yeah, about? and one of my friends who's fat and fabulous, like, she's fat and proud, and, and she, I say, you know, for, she's she rocks what she has. She does great with what she has. She's fat and, and proud of it, and she has men sometimes that she turns down and they get really pissed at her because they they felt like they were doing her a quote-unquote favor favor like, really yeah i mean <laughs> whatever so i mean there's that and um so yeah i'm lonely i want to date have been on any date and what happens when that happens i'm so uncomfortable i don't want to be seen without my makeup you know it's arguably i look like a man in makeup with it on guess what um whole different ball game without the makeup i look very much like a man without the makeup and it's it's triggering of my gender dysphoria and i'm uncomfortable you know living with my ex as i do i mean she's off for the weekend now but you know she still sees me in all different kinds of various states of being so to speak because i don't have makeup on 24 7 you know you take right. a shower and it kind of comes off and all that right and she's probably the only person in the world that i'm somewhat comfortable letting her see me in the different ways that i am and i i don't know what to do like I, I, my hope is if there's sparks with somebody that helps alleviate that you know and that she can be thoughtful and caring enough to help me ease into those things and not rush me but those are things that i you know i'm dealing with and worrying about and i'm like i never one i never thought i'd be dating again at the age of 48 Two, it would probably be a million times easier if I was trying to date as a man, which I'm not going to do because I don't, I'm not, right. that's not me. All these things that, that I'm insecure and having difficulty with. So I'm struggling with that. I also have, you know, there's, there's other issues in my life that have crept up and manifested, unfortunately. Like I said before, I was kind of on the fast track to becoming an alcoholic, which I thankfully have conquered that i just stopped got rid of the rest of the alcohol i had i don't look back i do miss the feeling of my, my sweet spot was like just beyond buzzed but not quite drunk that was where i could still function mostly and not give a crap about all the crap you know all the stuff that, that makes me depressed and i i miss not being able to do that but at the same time the physical damage it was causing to my body and the weird things that were happening and my loss of strength and my broken bones that weren't healing 
that was all the result of alcohol, the amount of alcohol I was drinking every day. So thank goodness that my decrease in health was the alcohol. Thank goodness my strength and health has been coming back, you know, the longer I go without it. I'm dating. I don't know how to do this. I'm trying. I, I'm, I can't afford to, tra- again, not Caitlyn Jenner. I can't just go transition. Yeah. It's not just a matter of bottom surgery. I need my face. I want face feminization surgery. Right. Right. I need, I want a tracheal shape. And by the way, one of the side effects of that is you might lose the ability to swallow. Hmm. But then again, how, how often, excuse me, how often do you swallow every day, right? It's not like we're doing, oh, wait a minute. So that's scary. <laughs> and the older I get, the more, the more potential for complications to each of these procedures there is. So it's like this, I'm not getting any younger. I am getting older. I can exercise and eat right and take all the vitamins in the world to try and hang on to my health and what's left of, you know, my quote unquote youthful appearance. You know, I'm kind of, I've accepted that I'm kind of at the tail end of my quote unquote attractive years. Uh, I will do what I can. You mean just like physically, I mean, the way you look, but you could still be, like you said, like someone could be into your personality or what you're into. Because if you said you're now ex-wife got into a relationship with her boyfriend who you said were, they got together in grade school or they knew each other in grade school. Probably yeah, he had a crush on her back in school, but she wasn't interested in him at the time. But that's what I'm saying. Like she found love or so-called love at her age. And she's, you said she's 12 years she's older. 60. She's 60. She just celebrated her 60th birthday. Well, you know, happy there's birthday a caveat. Yeah, yeah. There's a caveat here. Like you'd never guess she was 60 to look at her. Yeah. She, she has aged well. I mean, she doesn't look, you know, like 20 something. Like yeah. You, yeah. You'd never think she was you'd right. probably maybe think 45. You'd never think 60. But that's and, what I'm saying. Like there's hope there. And you shouldn't lose hope, even if that if you think looks are the only thing that matters to people, because you know it's a it's a majority of part of it, sure, but it's not everything. Someone can still love you for, for I mean, if they heard this and just like listened to you, like damn, like that girl's hella interesting. Like I would think, like oh wow, look, she's super knowledgeable. You know a lot about yourself. Well, one, you're a total sweetheart, so that's why. And <laughs> two, no, and I really, I, I'm, I again, I'm, and like you said, I'm not saying this because oh, I'm just going to say nice things. I mean, I'm a nice person, so I do say nice things, but. I like that's you. what I'm that's what I'm calling out is that you are a sweetheart, <laughs> which I'm saying in, in all genuineness. I, you know, listening to the other uh, episodes, of your podcast, I did. That's the feel I got. From, I didn't feel like you were just putting on a show or, no. you know, playing <laughs> nicey nice just to be a right. podcast hostess or whatever. And I felt like that's you. You're, I, like you said, you're like, a thoughtful, exactly. kind person. Like I feel my listeners want genuine, genuineness, genuine, genuine, you know, yeah, they want, of... re- they want someone who's authentic and genuine. They don't yeah, want like someone you... playing a role or a character or faking right. something. I don't and need people to do can that. usually see through that. Even if, <laughs> if not consciously, they'll pick up on, you know, their part of their BS meter will get triggered by that disingenuousness. <laughs> yeah. And I've opened up a lot and I'm going to open up even in this podcast as it goes on. Cause like, I like that. I like that my listeners like recognize and you have and my other guests have too and my girlfriend has too like i'm super transparent about what i'm about and what i want this did you just say you're super transparent parents ah sorry go ahead sorry (laughs) yes well that sort of thing that you want to be you know honest and open and that's how you build relationships and i talk about that you know i emailed you that and i want to be like you're absolutely right too yeah you know because the more you put up fronts, I'm tired of that. You did that for 20 something years. Or, oh, my, I did it for like, geez, 30, I was in my mid 30s by the time 30s. I just started yeah. to figure myself out. That's yeah. Sort of stuff. And I find the earlier you you can be honest and open about yourself, the happier and easier life will be. Because then you're worried the rest. Because I've gotten 
I mean, I've talked to so many cross-dressers who turned out to be transgendered or just cross-dressers in general who can't tell their wives, who don't want to tell their girlfriends, who, you know, they don't figure it all out until later. And, and there's then, a lot, you know, there's a lot of fear, a lot of shame because, yeah. you know, the, the perception that a quote unquote man means something has to be a certain way. And you're less of a man, you know, for someone who is a cross-dresser, in other words, someone who does genuinely identify as a man, there's often that fear of, oh, no, I'm going to get shunned by men. I'm going to take away my man card and say I'm not really a man and blah, 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 because this and men aren't supposed to be this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's all social BS. And you know that. It I mean, is, you, you see through that. And it probably took you a while to work through those feelings on your it, own. And maybe it, and I don't yeah. want to. And it, and it, luckily for you, you had someone who sort of supported you, kind of, it sounded like. She, she did. She did as much as she could and for a long time. And. And it's like I said, it's it was after I came out the second time uh, as a trans woman that it really that's when literally like piece by piece by piece, the marriage was just, you know, going away. And of course, the final nail in the coffin was when she fell in love with the other man. Right. Um, but again, silver lining. She deserves to be happy. I want her to be happy. Yeah. I no longer yeah. feel guilty. Yes, the heartbreak was like the most in incredibly painful thing i've ever felt in my life that and it still sounds like you're dealing with it now and i mean yeah. you're still living with her too and that's really hard and that's yes uh, that yeah. does complicate things <laughs> but but like i said we have kind of made the transition to like a healthy supportive friendship yeah. like two people were yeah. you know it's, it's not like she goes through my things or i go through hers if i put 20 bucks out that's my 20 bucks she's not gonna yeah. steal it you know we're not yeah. going there's that respect and i think yes. that's where that's like a silver lining that's where there's a lot of respect a lot of divorces don't have this kind oh, no. of um, <laughs> oh, no. maturity to it yeah sure. maturity and there's uncomfortable time when we talk about how much money she's going to get from me and she's you know in in her defense looking out to make this she's taken care of you know she doesn't want to suffer yeah she's dating a guy who make comparable living to what i make already one would think he's going to support it same time she has fears she doesn't want to be any long story short she's trying to make sure that she's going to be okay and that's an uncomfortable thing because sometimes in what she's asking for it makes me feel like well how am i gonna afford to support myself i'm gonna have to give up all my things and it's something we're working through but point being is i'm grateful that we're this mature and this respectful through it and it's been uncomfortable and it's also been a very interesting i gotta i mean honestly it has been a very interesting experience all all discomforts aside it's been and i mean i think i got a book or two out of you know just this whole experience yeah. being able to write about these <laughs> things yeah and some it. of the things hopefully yeah if i'm gonna invest that time i would hope but some <laughs> of the things that have worked and and not worked so well and why so many other marriages crumble and crash and burn and I hate you and I hate you and F you and yeah. F you. You know, we didn't do that. That, you know, it was very, not to mention, I'm like, well, you deserve to be happy and I'm not making you happy. So go, go, go see if there's someone who makes you happy and do so with my blessing. Right. You know, there was, I wrote it in my blog years ago and I lived it and it stung. It really hurt, but I did it because to me, it's just, it's the right. If you love someone, that was the right, <clears throat> there goes my voice again. If you love someone, <laughs> truly love them. And not the clingy ownership type of love, like the true yeah. love for someone. You you want them to be happy and let them do what they need to do to be happy. Otherwise, it's a transactional relationship or manipulative, whatever, you know, the the conditional love. So that's not love. I'm getting um, repetitive with that. <laughs> I um I wanna say I love what you're doing and the fact that you're having these thoughtful conversations. I think your interviews with your guests have been amazing. You're you're very good at leading your guests. Now, 
maybe you don't need that with me because I'll just ramble on forever anyways. And I so. love that. I love listening <laughs> to what you have. Like, I'm seriously just sitting here quiet, just staring at my screen like, what else is Gabby going to say? Wow. Like in my head, like, ooh, wow. Like, it's just, I don't have to lead you because like you said, you you know what you're talking about. You've been through this. And that's, it's nice to have the different range in guests. Like that first person you heard who's a cross-dresser, who's learning about herself. Maybe he, he doesn't Yeah, but you... You led them through the interview very thoughtfully, very kindly. It's like you took them by the hand and, you know, they, they would, you know, I could, I, I, I thought it sounded to me like they got a little shy at times and you really, you know, you, you showered them with kindness and, and were comfortable. And, and I think you made them more comfortable just with how candid and, and thoughtful you were and, in leading them through the interview process. Like I said, metaphorically taking them by the hand, kind of reassuring without specifically saying so, or maybe you did say so. It's like, hey, it's okay. Let's, you know, let's just have a conversation yeah. about this. And I really, right. really appreciate what you're doing with that. And I want you to, um, I think my hope is that as you keep doing this, you're going to continue to gain an audience. And I love what you're doing. And I, I'm really curious even about you because mm -hmm. I'm hearing, this is my opinion, uh -huh. you tell me or in a future podcast, whatever you prefer. Sure, yeah. I think you're still peeling back the layer of that onion yourself and you're still working through some of these things that oh, yeah. sometimes you know, but maybe sometimes you don't know and sometimes you question. Is there oh, for sure. is and it I accurate? Think, I think we all do that, right? Like I think like you said, you're still learning about yourself. I'm still learning a ton about myself and through like listening to you and other podcasts and other guests, learning them learning about themselves. I'm like, do I like that? Do I do that? Do I want that? And yeah, I'm, and you made a good point. I think we all kind of like take LGBTQ anything out of the mix. I think we're all kind of doing that anyways. It's called growth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our process, our process of evolution and growth. And we all right. hope to do that. And uh, if you're not growing, you're probably dead. So growing <laughs> is good. It's good to keep doing that. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I, I love that you're doing it. I love that. I even love that there's, you know, a little bit of question. You know, you got the little Super Mario Brothers question mark above your head sometimes. And that you, you, um, you, what's the word? You lean into it. I love that. You don't, you don't pretend to have all the answers. You're out there saying some things I know and some things I think, and some things I'm working through. And so Indeed. to, you know, join me on this ride as I work through. I love that. There's a lot of so much potential in there for mm -hmm. discovery and for you to learn and your guests and everyone to learn. And I love that. Every and time. So, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Like you said, it's learning and I want all sorts of sources, not just one source, like CNN or Fox News or Yahoo or Google or I want all the variety of sources and I try to go evidence-based if you can hear it already in some of the podcasts like I yeah you've done CBC your research you've done your research like, oh well they talk about this or they talk about that and then I kind of look more into the re into the their sources like who talked that or who said that and I'll go into that and that sort of thing because I don't know there's a lot out there and there's a lot of misinformation and I don't know everything and I tell like you said I tell my readers or listeners I don't know I don't know everything but i know someone who does like you for example you know a lot and oh, i was gonna say i know i do not know everything <laughs> but you do know i'm a lot, smart though. enough i'm smart enough to know <laughs> that there is there is an unknowable amount of information right. that i don't know and probably never will and i'm smart <laughs> enough to know that anyone who shares anything with me is another opportunity for me to learn you know maybe they're going to reinforce a belief that i already have maybe they're going to challenge a belief that I have and something I thought I knew and give me new information with which to reevaluate. Maybe this thing I thought I understood, maybe I don't understand so much. And I, I'm genuinely grateful for those things. I loved learning this. To me, it's, it's empowering. I mean, you've heard it. Knowledge mm -hmm. is power. That's, that's true. It's true. Yeah. So let's, let's empower one another. Let's empower ourselves and empower each other. Sharing is a powerful transformative force. 
uh, again, I was telling you earlier, people will challenge and, and uh, question studies and empirical studies and, and scientific facts. You know what they're not going to challenge? They're not going to challenge people's personal experiences. Right. Exactly. It's not like you're going to say to somebody, you know, I was driving my car to work. No, you weren't. You weren't no, driving. You were. I saw no. you. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were flying. I saw you flapping yeah, your arms. You flew. You're going to have to teach me that trick one of these days, but you weren't driving. Yeah. And, you know, some people will challenge that. But I think uh, personal experiences are very powerful to share those because we all have, so, I mean, so it's human diversity. It's not even knowable, like the amount of human, every time another person is born, you have more entropy, more, more, more diversity. Whoa. And yeah, and it's so, everyone has a story to share and something to learn. And I think sharing is a powerful transformative force and questioning and not being afraid to question and not being afraid to have people question you. That's, that's right. an important thing is to allow that right. discomfort and just to ask, you know, ask yourself, well, this made me uncomfortable when they said this, shared this opinion or asked me this question. Right. Why am I so uncomfortable? What does this mean? Do I feel threatened? Is there something that they brought to my consciousness that's been swimming around in my subconscious that I need to look at? <laughs> or is it simply I didn't like it because it didn't feel good and I'm just thinking about it in the wrong way? All right. these things are so important. And side tangent, squirrel. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, there's a couple of my website that I blogged on a lot for a while, mycdlife.com, which stood for My Cross-Dressing Life, a CD, often the abbreviation for cross-dressing, at least in online cross-dressing yeah. communities that yeah. I was involved with um, back, in, well, literally 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. So in 2013, I quietly rebranded it because there was already some kind of cachet, you know, it had a little bit of weight. I was still getting a lot of daily uniques at the time. And I didn't want to dump the website and start a different website and have to build up all that, you know, Google juice or whatever again, so that I would get yeah. traffic. So <laughs> I turned CD from cross-dressing into CD meaning cool diversity. So it's now my cool diverse life, which is not about anything in particular. Yes, it's very transgender themed. By the way, the quickest way to, <laughs> quickest way to kill traffic to your website is to go from talking about cross-dressing to talking about being transgender. Yeah. <laughs> my traffic took a huge nosedive. Like when that, I wonder if I was getting linked to maybe from other cross-dressing blogs. And as soon as I was explaining clearer that I'm a transgender woman, if other no. cross-dressers felt like, oh, well, you're not applicable anymore. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. You don't matter. You don't matter anymore. You're not one of us. Hey, I don't know if that was happening. But, but, but yeah, it was, it was, um, I became the weakest link and they told me goodbye. And my traffic did very quickly like go way down within just months of when I started post. And I barely post much anymore. In fact, I think my last post is back in November or something. But anyways, one quick way that I discovered to lose a lot of interest. So I don't know why cross-dressing was so interested by a lot of people that immediately found being transgender not so much unless it was just a relatability. Maybe people felt they couldn't relate to me as much anymore. And uh, there goes a squirrel. I digress. Um, but I, <laughs> I tried to do that because I wanted to kind of continue using it, even though I don't do that anymore. You know, I like to put things out there and, and, and inspire important conversations. My passion is, you know, when I got into public speaking in 2013, one, you can make a lot of money doing that once you, once, once you get a little bit known and uh, there's a lot of good money. Plus a lot of the, most of my gigs are still free. It's, it gets me known. It gets people to know me, to, to meet right. me. You know, the whole try before you buy thing. That's helpful, but I, I love doing that. I, I love what you're doing. I started to work on my own podcast in 2014. <laughs> I recorded several demo episodes that I will never play for a soul because all sucked. <laughs> I and would love to hear it if you ever want to play it because I love this. Mm, 
I'm so interested. Thank you. Well, I, I mean, also, I've been paying for podcasting hosting, I think, through Libsyn uh, for oh, about yeah, yeah. almost two years. Yeah, it's almost two years I've been doing that. Still haven't published, and I'm on Spreaker, and, uh, and haven't, long story, I have not published a single podcast because I'm a perfectionist, and the quickest yeah, yeah. way to kill yeah. anything is to be all it's anal to- and perfectionistic about it. I, you know, I do the same thing with my makeup. I'll, I'll take all that extra time to get my eye makeup just perfect so that one person can say, oh, my God, your eye makeup is beautiful. It's so, how do you get it so perfect? Do you use a stencil? Like, no, yeah. I spent an hour and a half in the makeup. Now. <laughs> so point I was trying to get at is I'm, I'm glad you're taking the plunge and not being yes. so anal as I have been and keep trying. And then, then, I, then I retreat, and then I try, and then I retreat. I think you're going to, I think you are and will continue to offer something really useful, powerful and so. uh, meaningful, beneficial to people. Um, again, because you're welcome, but it's, I'm just calling it like I see it. I, I, I was impro- I was pleasantly, because I didn't know what to expect when you reached out to me. At yeah. first, I was like, does this person know that I'm not a cross dresser? Because yeah. a lot of people still think I am. And is this going to make them not interested in what well, I have? Because right, like or? your, your, your link was my CD life. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, and that, <laughs> among cross-dressers, CD is known yeah, as exactly. uh, cross-dressing. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. And, and when I say I quietly rebranded it in 2013, I didn't exactly spell. In fact, I think I have an about page on there that I think I updated like four years ago and <laughs> probably needs a lot more yeah. clarity to it, but busy and I'm dealing with things that feel more important. So I should probably do that and I probably won't for the foreseeable <laughs> future. Because I, I suck at that for now and, and, and until I pull other things together in my life. Yeah. A lot of things I'm going through and working on. And that's one of the reasons I've withdrawn from social media because I'm really struggling with a lot. And I want people to hear a, an optimistic message. And I have, I, my ex, this is personal experience. My experience in life is people love me when I'm the happy, you know, cheerful person you know, with all the right things to say that make people feel good, you know, they don't realize all I'm doing is I'm a mirror. I'm just reflecting back the best that I see in people. <laughs> people, people have, be- I see beauty in everybody and that's what yes. I reflect back to them. And then they but think you know that what? I'm some amazing person. If you ever feel down or think you can reach out to me and to any other listener who's probably listening to this, but really like, I would love to be a resource because I feel down all the time too. Luckily, I have a girlfriend. Luckily, if I'm ever feeling sad, I'll go like, I'll record real quick something super positive, like you said, but you, it's hard to stay positive 24-7. So you're going to feel down yeah, and, yeah. and sad. Well, the, the flip side of that, my experience in life is I'm like a people magnet and people are drawn to me when I'm <laughs> operating in, a, in, a, in the love vibe, the resonating in a higher frequency. When I'm depressed, it seems to be like I become repellent and all these people who wanted so much to be around me when I show a little bit of weakness or I say, Hey, I'm struggling. <laughs> but you know what? Love, true friendship is, is people who are down any who are, who, when you're down, will still go up to you and say, are you okay? And we'll stay with you and we'll talk to you and make sure you're fine. And if you need your time to, you know, resonate and be sad, fine, but know that they'll be there for you. And at least that's my definition of friendship or true friend. No, you're you're, you're spot on. A, a real <laughs> true friend, someone who truly loves you and truly cares about you, Indeed. won't be that fair weather friend. Won't just be yeah. like, well, I'm your friend only when you're making me when feel so amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's been my experience. So I guess what I'm saying in a roundabout Screw way is people, like, by the way, I don't, really, <laughs> well, I, I don't really have, I don't really have any friends. And I, I don't what? mean that. Oh, hold on, hold on, slow down. <laughs> 
Okay, I, I have many friendlies, many okay. friendlies okay. in my life. I know, right. like, if you were to walk, let's just walk downtown together, You can, or the mall or whatever. Yeah. If you hang out with me for a couple hours, chances are someone's going to recognize me and say, hey, Gabby, or whatever, like someone I either personally or someone who saw me uh, do a talk sometime, maybe at the school or place of business. That's going to happen, and we'll stop and have a, a quick discussion, and I love that. But all this means is people know of me, like the people, the people like hardcore and will be there for me when I'm a crying mess and, and I can barely talk because I'm so or just depressed and I just need to vent and I just need someone to listen. I don't like I don't need advice. Just listen to me. Get this out. Like they all go away. Like everyone goes away. So like, I have this I have this fear now that if I show that to people, one, a bunch of people and I've literally I'm already worried now. It's true. And the same for my listeners. Anyone listening, reach out if you need me or apparently Gabby or someone, please talk. Say something if you Well, I, that's yeah, that's my message too, because I, I have dealt with suicidal thoughts and tendencies and I don't want people to do what I, I, I tend to isolate, but I also have I mean there's certain psychological processes that tend to kick in. I've not harmed myself in many years, even when I'm down and depressed. But not everyone has those things and I don't want people to leave us. I want people because I'm I'm selfish and if someone leaves this planet early, <laughs> I can never benefit from their kindness right. or getting to know them or whatever gifts they're going to put out into right. the world. And because I'm right. selfish, I don't want them to leave. I want to know you know, your beauty, your greatness. I don't get to know that if you take that away. So I'm going to play the selfish card and do that. And one of the things that I'm worried about is I've had people, this is not like a ton of people, but I've had, because I, a lot of times I'll post when I was more active in anyways, I was posting pictures of me doing talks and, and talking about how amazing talks went in regard to like very well received and medical workers and, and nurses in training, you know, with that one exception, most nurses in training going to school and graduate school, they're very interested and concerned with what they need to do to give all of their clients the best possible right. experience, including transgender people. There's a lot of a lot of stories out there, very real stories of trans people getting really terrible experiences from from medical workers so i love when i get to see these things up close and personal and and, and put out the message you know what the reality is yeah the horror stories are out there and probably yeah, will be for yeah. a while but you know what all the people i get to meet they're very interested in doing this correctly thoughtfully and and their desire is that you have a good experience if you end up you know in their service they want to know that they've made you feel right. comfortable they want to know that you feel taken care of and seen for who you are and that's a positive message. And then doing that in social media, I've had plenty of people, I mean, not, let's not make exaggerations, you know, a handful, relatively yeah. speaking, maybe a handful of people reach out and then they, and then they get choked up. Say this to me. And this always makes me cry, I guess, in a good way and, and scares me at the same time. They've said that I'm their hero because Aww. of what I do. And I'm, you know, sure, it feels good to hear that. And I love that. And then I'm immediately like, oh shit, but I'm human and I'm flawed. <laughs> and now they're looking up uh, to me. And I, what if I let them down? I did not uh, have, I did not have anyone to look up to when I was growing up or when I was younger. I didn't have that. And I, what do I, I can't let these people down. Even I'm not Atlas. I know it's not my responsibility to have the weight of the world, but I, I do, I still feel a responsibility because, because of what I do and because of what my passion is, because of what I, the message that I put out there. And it's not a bullshit message. It's not a nicey, nice, feel good message. It's a real message. There's a lot of goodness in the world. I think that I would say there's a lot more goodness than there is yes, negativity. Yes. It's just that 
as as flawed human beings and the negativity hurts and the goodness doesn't, we focus on that one or two yeah. negative, you know, the one or two jerks we come across. Well, then we'll think everyone's a jerk. No, it's just one or two. And it felt it stunk. But when people say things like that to me, I, I get scared of, well, I got to be very careful. That's a responsibility that I, I'm just going to say it. it's a responsibility. I feel that yeah. I, I can't put out those negativity. Like I can say that I dealt with a thing when I've, worked through it or can put a, a frame around it that is inspirational maybe or hopefully yeah. to others but when i'm when i'm a crying mess <laughs> i gotta be careful because what if what if one of those people who did say that to me sees me struggling and then they think oh she was all big front it's all a big <laughs> lie i got nothing to look up to she's she's a bunch of you know bs so i guess it is bs and everything she said for is I don't know that people do that, but I, it's a thing yeah, that I, can see that I guess it's a responsibility that I take very seriously. And I feel it's nice to know that you're human, though, too, when you're crying. And because if you're happy all the time, sometimes I get worried for people. I mean, I think Robin Williams used to say that he would be happy and try to make everyone smile all the time. But deep down inside, I do the same thing. I, I do. And I'm one of those. I'm not saying that I'm fake, but I am one of those people <laughs> that I can put on the yeah. smile when I when I feel like I'm dying inside and I do that and it's because I genuinely don't want to bring other people down around Which, me. For me and if, if, people are, if you ever cry in front of me and you have like 14 times while we've talked in the last four hours, I've, I've, I've loved you even more because I know that you care so deeply about something that you're actually going to, you know, cry about something or something's hurting you. Cause if you were, you can come on my podcast and just start like, ah, yeah, this is like super jolly and happy. And then the whole time, like that's your entire like emotion. I'd be like, Gabby, are you okay? Is everything like, no, I'd yeah. be like worried. Well, my, my hope is to to be inspired. I'm not trying to just like be feel good. I want to be inspirational. I like I want to, I want to leave people feeling like they're empowered yes. so that they're, they're, they're feeling their greatness. They're feeling, right. you know, cause society tries to say you're not special, but people are more special than they consciously realize. And I want that. And I like to be the mirror that reflects that back to them. I want people to be empowered. I want people to feel greater than, than like, the naysayers in society will try to make them feel. To, so that's but what I think I want. they have to recognize that they do feel those like sad feelings at times. You can't you can't feel empowered if you don't know where you start at. And if you're sad all the time, you have to recognize that sometimes, right? When you're in depression. Oh depression. yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. I mean, my message is not about be happy all yeah, the time right. or else. My message is about I I feel that I do the most good for the community, the world around me. You know the the town I live in, the community around me, the, the neighbors, whatever, the people who attend talks that I do, the people listening to this right now, I feel that I am at my best when I give off that um, feeling of empowerment. Or if someone heard something I said and struggled with and made just a tiny little thing maybe clearer in their own life, or at least gave them something to start examining closer, less confusing. I love that. And I want that to be okay. a takeaway yeah. because... And it's not, a, it's not about like, hey, you can be happy all the time. I am. Right, right, right. I'm right, not. Right. You know, I'm not. And I don't lie right. about that. I, I, I deal with depression. You know, it's not. Okay, part of it's tied to gender dysphoria. But I also have, you know, I've, here's the thing. Because I've known transgender people who've transitioned successfully, uh, passing privilege, only for their life to fall apart after the transition. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Most of the time, in fact, there are numbers. People have done studies. Uh, Dr. Jenna Cook here in Rochester area, she has, she's a transgender woman. She has studies like 
actual studies conducted scientifically um, that show when people transition successfully, they tend to live more productive, happier, healthier lives. They're less likely to have trouble finding work. They're more likely to uh, be able to hold on to a job. They're less likely to call in sick to work. Uh, they're more likely to be a productive member of society and uh, contribute to their community rather than be, being a drain to it and pay taxes rather than not. Um, and as opposed to people who don't successfully transgender. However, I, I know at least one person who did transgender. She was an attorney, made lots of money. And after she transitioned, her whole life fell apart. Mm. And the reason for that is the message there that the naysayers will say, see, she, sh she should have st stayed as a boy because that's what she is supposed to be. Or he right. was what, whatever stupid things people would say. The reality is tr the need to transition and gender dysphoria can be so powerful and it's such a need to, to get through yeah. that. And that consumes everything. And once you achieve that, and, and then you can kind of take a breather and say, I've fulfilled these things that, that I need so that I can feel right in my own skin, only to realize afterwards, now that that's out of the way, guess what? I really am a big mess. And there's a bunch of other issues that I uh, don't know how to deal with in life that I couldn't even begin to look at because this other obstacle was in my way back then. Yeah. So that's something that happens. Some pe sometimes people do transition and their life falls apart. Again, not because the life is crappier post-transition, but with that out of the way, now they got all this space for all the other things they were never able to pay any attention to. You know, the other, because people are complex and life is complicated. Right. Doesn't, you know, is what it is. Yeah. So I don't remember where I was going with that. Just, I guess, to say that, uh, that that's the thing that happens sometimes. Oh, because I was trying to make a point that I got a lot of issues and challenges tied to my, you know, very slow transition, <laughs> um, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, but even so, like if I were woke up tomorrow and everything were just done, or let's say I magically woke up tomorrow and, uh, you know, the cisgender fairy blessed me with a cisgender female body that was attractive and I felt good about mm -hmm. myself. I still got other life issues <laughs> and other, you know, I'm still going through a divorce. I still have these financial challenges and issues. There's still a bunch of other things that I'm struggling with and dealing with in life. And, you know, we only have so much bandwidth at any given point in time to focus on certain things. So right now I'm kind of low on bandwidth, but I'm also still, op I mean, this is not lip service. I am still optimistic about the future. I love, <clears throat> excuse me, I love uh, meeting people like you totally. Like I didn't expect to hear from someone like you a yeah. week ago. Reaching out, who is this person reaching out to me? What are they about? Listen to the podcast. I'm like, wow, listen to her. Female pronouns? I guess I should ask. She? Listen to her? Or I'm going to, I'm asking oh. you, what, what pronouns do I use? She's fine. I've She's been fine. using female pronouns, yeah. I think. She, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, listening to her doing this thing and, and being the voice and, and not trying to pretend. Because I hate when people say they have all the answers. That's like <laughs> the biggest, that's the thing that sets off my BS meter bigger than yeah. anything. Anyone who claims they have all the answers or whatever self-help book, you know, mm -hmm. do these things and your life will be awesome. That's, that, that means, that means I want your money and this is not going to right. fix your life. But I like when people like you sound so smart and so intelligent because you know, you don't have all the answers and you're welcome. Again, I'm calling out, I'm, I'm calling out the obvious as I see it. And so I, I think you're very smart because you don't have all the answers and you're taking the time to educate yourself and you're okay with saying, I'm still exploring who I am. I think I know these things and these other things that are kind of nebulous. I love that. And I think there's going to be so much value 
not only to yourself and grow within yourself, but all the people uh, listening to, you know, as you, as you expand on your show, do more episodes and the people who discover your show years down the road, you know, that's because these things are really, you know, maybe some of it is, is a little bit um, topical to the time and the uh, culture of the time. But I think people still find value down the road because these are all self-discovery issues and we all need to self-discover, right? So I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of, (laughs) thank you. There's a lot of um, power in what you're doing. And I love, I love that you're doing, I want to wish you can, I love that you got that energy vibe too, too. Cause I was getting worried like, okay, this person's coming, you know, coming out of the gate swinging hard. Are they going to poop out after a while? Are they going to be able to keep yeah. it up? I kind of feel like you're going to be able to do this for a while. You got that uh, energy vibe to you. That's a very I'm good trying, thing. trying, and it I'm is hard. You're one yeah, of those... like, like you said, you have yeah, it is. Yeah. that hasn't been up because you have other stuff in your life that you're trying to focus on. And, and, and even if you're not like some idiot perfectionist like me who can't release anything unless it's of a certain perfection quality or whatever, even if you're not that, like it's still a lot of work because all the things that I did edit and put together and put out there, there's a lot of time invested in that. It's a lot of work. The, you know, the walk and talk videos, walking around with my my phone on a selfie stick and trying to get my lines right, which I can't seem to do when I'm recording <laughs> myself, and then editing it all together so it doesn't suck. That's a huge yeah. And like try talking, or excuse me, walking, holding the selfie stick, and emoting. You know, like giving people. Not, you know, not a, mon- you know, not a, monotone, you know, like giving in that energy that, that, that the words need to have when you're walking and trying to keep yourself in frame and trying to make sure you're, you know, my lapel mic isn't coming unattached and all these other things. So like, long story short, because I like to ramble and make long stories <laughs> longer. Um, I recognize the amount of work that you must be putting into this so far and hope you hope you keep doing it. I hope you. you feel driven and maybe one of these days i'll actually do something with my own, my own i don't know um and if not i'm gonna have you on the podcast again clearly because i already have like four episodes worth in this episode i was gonna say it's like why are you gonna have me back on You're the amazing. podcast did you i not great. take up too much of your time you said, already? You, you, I, I know i'm just i'm just being gorgeous and, and I'm, up, sorry, you're, you're, you're pretty. I'm not gonna lie. Part of me is like feeling guilty. I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I just cause this person. I have to do so oh, no, much. I love editing. it. I have so much to, to to go on and stuff. Uh, so last thing before we end, um, last question. I I want to ask most of the rest of my guests are, uh, in your ideal world, what kind of world would you want to see with regards to cross dressing, gender, and sexuality? I love that question, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna frame that a sure, little bit. Sure. One of the things in my experience when people are experiencing a level of confusion about their gender identity and who they are because of all the social conditioning, I like to ask people, how do you envision yourself in a world where there are no gender norms? Okay, There is no negative judgment for however you present yourself. There's no stigma to you being a crossdresser or a trans woman or a trans man or non-binary. There's no stigma to any of these things. In fact, people will respect you and look up to you more the more authentic you are. What do you look like in that world? And a lot of times the first thing they'll say back is, well, we don't live in that world. Like, I think you're missing. This is for you to envision and find yourself in there because I think a lot of your confusion will go away when you envision yourself in that fictitious world. In that fictitious world, you will probably start to visualize the very real you. So I think in my experience, I've had people light up. They come alive when I put that to them because 
all of a sudden they start to recognize who they are a lot better. Not that it's a quick fix cure or anything. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance still to work through, but a lot of times when trans people, cross-dressers, whatever LG letter of the alphabet mm -hmm. is, the, the con confusion is their realities differ from the social norms and social expectations, and that makes them uncomfortable. So what do I want to see happen to the world before my days are through? I want to live in a world where cross-dressers get to be cross-dressers without being lab labeled in a negative. Like that, in fact, that's why I started blogging and writing on my website back in the day. And I tried to make it not even all about that. I wrote about shows I was watching at the time. I wanted to say, look, this is me. And like, my life is not just all about this one thing. Um, I want to see people living authentically. I want people to do so without that negative pushback that, that happens so much. And I think it's an achievable thing. I think we can get there. I'm hoping. I, I believe it can happen in my lifetime, at least in context of being way, 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 way better than it is today. I'm not... I'm not expecting uh, the utopia, but I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as crappy as it is today. And I want to I want to live in that world where people aren't afraid to be who they are, whatever that means. You know, if you live authentically without fear. And when I say that, you know, the idiot arguments are always like, well, what if someone's an expert yeah. or should they still live authentically? I'm like, no, that's an idiot <laughs> argument. I'm not talking about people whose nature is to be harmful right. to others. I'm talking about people whose nature is they just want to be who they are as a person who's not harmful to themselves or others and to live their life. In that world, we all have much to gain. In that world, there isn't all this crap waste, you know, all that energy wasted on confusion in that world people are going to do better in their lives they're going to be closer to achieving their potential in life their full potential um, without all those things to slow them down when people live like that we all have so much to gain all boats are lifted by a rising tide it's not just mm -hmm. you know whatever some feel-good thing to say that's a reality when more people are living healthier happier lives mm -hmm. less judgment these are things that make us healthier as as a you know global community of of human beings these are things that we need to work on because you know even if you're someone of privilege and don't struggle with these things if you help someone right. else work on it they're going to do better in their life which in some way shape or form is going to contribute to your community your town and uh I'm getting preached again sorry what i'm trying to say is that's the world i want to see like don't show me who you think i want to see like there are certain looks and styles that I like, but don't show me <laughs> that if you're seeking my approval. Show me your style. Show me what it means to be you in an authentic way. If you want to slap that makeup all over your face like I do, do it because it makes you feel good, not because you think I'm going to compliment it. I will. If you show me your authentic self, you're going to get compliments from me because I will love and respect you for showing me that and feel grateful that I got to be, you know, that I got to meet you. Again, I'm saying this in a universal sense. I'll be grateful that I got to meet you, authentic you, and not right. some caricature or someone seeking approval or anything like that. And again, I'm a hypocrite. I do plenty of approval seeking <laughs> myself. And I try to, and I'm, and I'm conscious, not always conscious of it in real time, but I try to like not do those things. I think it's important for me as my growth process to recognize where I fall short and to try and change that. But I digress. So that's the world I want to see. It's like, be authentic, nice. be you. I don't want to see all this social conformity because I don't think anyone benefits from that. I mean, there are, whatever, there are arguments for it, but I think they're a lot weaker than the arguments for living authentically. Uh, diversity is not a bad thing. Yes, it can be scary because differences are scary. 
And if you look at them as opportunities, learning opportunities, I think that will empower you and all of us. And I'm not trying to say, I think everyone's going to just love each other and get together yeah. and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be like, yeah, some, sometimes you're going to show people your authentic self and then I'm not going to want to have anything to do with you. Right. Let it go. You know, take a frozen moment. Let it go. Let it go. Be you. You will find your tribe and your tribe will have an easier time finding you when they know who you really are. All right. I agree. Here's I'm making all my serious face. <laughs> can't see it. So that's what okay. I, that's the world I want to live in. Like whatever, whatever you are, meaning the university, show me that and, and I will find nothing but beauty in you and have so much Indeed. gratitude for, for seeing that in you and expressing and, and look forward to all the amazing, crazy styles that will manifest. Maybe it'll be like the eighties all over again. <laughs> people doing all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> well, thank you for my gosh. It was a wonderful interview talk this experience this was this is amazing i'm like like enthralled the entire time just like glued to my mic and listening to the computer just of you talking uh it's been amazing thank you well, thank you for this opportunity i really appreciate it uh and last um how can people contact you get a hold of social media do i know you've talked about mycdlife.com is there any way people can get to know more about you or whatnot yeah like if, if you want to reach out to me you can get a hold of same way uh, you did. Uh, you reached out to me through my my website, mycdlife.com. There is a contact form on there. You can also find me on Twitter. I don't tweet much, but you can contact me and get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm at Gabrielle Hermos. It's it's my first and last name without the A because there's too many <laughs> yeah. letters. So it's at Gabrielle Hermos, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Gabrielle.Hermosa. Again, you don't have to roll the R's when you say my last name, but it does sound cooler. If you're really sneaky and smart, you can probably... No, I'm not going to give away my email. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to give away my... Even though it's not, you know, it's not like... It doesn't take a genius <laughs> to figure that out, but uh, whatever. The one mischievous person out there. What am I worried about? It's easy enough to block people. Anywho, I'm pretty easy to find. If you do want to look me up, uh, you can type in my name, search engine. Uh, I have a big enough footprint that you will find me if you type in my name and in whatever medium you find me and you'll probably be able to contact me through there. And I want to uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me this opportunity to share and, and converse with you today. And uh, for you, the listeners out there, thank you for, for listening to this amazing podcast that's going to continue to get more amazing. And I want you to subscribe and tell your friends so that it can, it can grow an audience and uh, there's a reason for it to keep going and maybe, you know, Generate a little revenue for the amazing <laughs> hostess we have here who's doing trying, something really amazing. Um, the reason you're, you're succeeding, <laughs> in my opinion, is succeeding. And the reason cool things happen is because there are means for those cool things to happen. And cool things go away if there's not an audience to, to find value in it. And things go away if there's not ways to you know, do it, to earn revenue. I don't know if you yeah need revenue at this point to to do the show i'm guessing it's maybe yeah, more of a labor really of love, love but thing, you know. i know that my, i was gonna say i know my passions in life public speaking i really wanted to work that into a career and i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. working on that today and you know getting there and i want i think when you do what you love like there should be revenue Indeed. opportunities yeah. and do that and you know that way you can do more of what you love offer more value and benefit again all boats are lifted. Everyone wins. Yes. Thank okay. you so much, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. And that was the finale of my talk with Gabrielle Hermosa. We discussed so much in our talk that I had to spread it out into three different episodes. But I wanted you, the cross the ass listener, to hear all of it. Because Gabby's a public speaker with so much valuable information to share. 
and it would be a disservice if you didn't get to hear everything. Yes, she bounced around a lot from topic to topic, but that just means she has a lot to say. I want to thank Gabby for being so open and honest about herself, and I hope that with her sharing her experiences, you're able to understand yourself a little better. Because it takes a bit of bravery to do that. To not only be honest to yourself about who you are, but to go in a public setting and voice those things, that's damn right admirable. I'm trying to emulate that myself with this podcast, and I'm hoping you'll gain the courage to reflect and ask yourself, am I being my authentic self? I think we should all look into a mirror and really dig deep. Find who we really are, and who we're really meant to be. And if you don't know yet, it's okay. Self-discovery takes time. Gabby's still learning, and I'm still learning, so not to worry. Just take it day by day. But that's it for this episode. I'll be in Thailand next week for a little getaway vacation, but I plan to talk about something way more serious in the next episode. I want to discuss sexual assault and my own experiences with the matter. It's going to be a doozy, so definitely tune into that. I thank you for listening and your support for the podcast because it's really, really appreciated. Again, special thanks to Gabby Hermosa for being so awesome and allowing me to share her story with you, the Cross Yas listener. Hope you all have a great Easter, and until next time, guys, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous! Again, guys, I am not here to diagnose or treat anything, but I'm here to offer my story. I hope that in turn you learn more about me, learn more about yourself, and about the world of cross-dressing.